Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I guess we, we just always assume in Western world that when we, because it happens in Finland too, that when you leave comfort zone, what they see as a comfort zone, they want to know why. Why are you leaving this bubble? Yes. Why are you leaving this comfort zone? Yeah. And they just assume that living in a tent for two years is hell when it actually isn't, and it's not like a daily struggle. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazny. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. You guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazade, and my fucking God, do we have a great show for you guys today. Um, my friends, Ville and Kristen Jokinen. Did I get yeah, that? Perfect. Got it. Oh, perfect. I, I, you know, I, Ville, I've never said your last name. It's always like Ville and, and Kristen. So, um, you guys, welcome to the show. I'm so, so pumped to have you guys here. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, man. Starting off with some fucking rage. Going to some machine. Let's do some housekeeping and then we're going to get started. I want to tell everyone about why you guys are here. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. sounds good. So you guys, we, as I mentioned, we have really, really special guests in, in Kristen and Ville. And um, you guys, the format of the show is quite simple. We're bringing together change makers from all across the world. And you know, it's not only I say across the world and it's like, yeah, they're like coming from New York. Um, <laughs> you guys just came from, where were you guys? And you guys were in Europe, right? Yeah, we were in Finland for five months. That's yeah, so, um, yeah, that's yeah, that's where you're from, right? Yep. Badass. So, you guys, we are bringing together change makers from all, of, all over the world who are living their passions to create greatness. I will say this unequivocally, none of my guests have traveled around the world like the way you guys have. They may have traveled around the world, but they haven't done it the way you two have. So, I'm just going to say this, like, actually, screw it. I'm throwing it out. Um, my, like, I normally do the bios and I rewrite them. And then I was like, well, your guys' bio is like a way out there. It's a way different bio than most people's. So you guys are like adventurers, right? You guys like basically, you guys, some people live to work. You guys work to live. I think yeah. I, 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 that's like the best way of saying it. And so so I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm going to just say this. Have you guys, has anyone, if you're watching the show, have you ever met someone that's like, oh, I'm just going to walk from Mexico to Canada? I haven't met someone. Yeah, I have these two, right? So it's called the Pacific Crest Trail and they did it. And then I'm like, 
Have you ever met someone that like said, fuck it, I'm going to ride my bike from Alaska to the tip of Tierra del Fuego? <laughs> I hadn't until I, until my friends here did it. So, so like there's no other, and then you guys have traveled all over the world and just done tons of cool, other cool shit. But like those two are just like absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. I, and and I'm, I'm curious what's in store for you guys next, but before we go there, why don't we rewind this back? So I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of background for the audience. So I don't know. What was it? 19 years ago, I move it. I, I'm 23. I think I was 23. Going on 14. I was 23 and 13 on a good day. <laughs> Except I had the ability to buy illegal drugs and drink legal alcohol. And so, um, and I was in San Francisco, which meant they were both pretty much legal. And so um, I was living in this house on 40th and Balboa, which for those of you that know San Francisco is out in what's called the Avenues. And we were about eight blocks from the beach. And it was like back then there was this really popular TV show on MTV, which you youngsters will have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but you non-youngsters will know that there was this really popular TV show called The Real World. And it was where they'd bring in like eight people from all over like, and like, and it was like true story. And it'd be like people living together in house. Now, nowadays that's like not no big deal. Like Netflix probably has eight shows like this. I don't even know what they are, but back then this was like really hip, crazy TV. And it started in the mid nineties. And so I move into this house with me and seven other people and nobody knew each other more or less with, except for the roommates that had been there for a long time. And one of my roommates is this like young nanny named Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. And how you were like 19, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. 18, 19, something like that when I first moved in. Yeah. 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 Cause I, and I only remember that she was under the age of 21 cause she didn't, she couldn't legally drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I could legally True. drink. So anyway, uh, we became fast friends. Um, she was like the skateboarding, like total, like just like X games, badass chick. And I was like this, like total capitalistic, like pig. And, <laughs> but we lived in this house with all these random people and we just became really good friends and we stayed friends that, you know, although we don't talk that often, we have this, this is almost 20 years later. We're, here we are on, on my live stream show yeah, talking totally. about the, the adventures that have happened along the way. So somewhere along the lines of along the way, you met your now husband. Yep. And you guys. the diving boat. Oh, so yeah. So why don't you like, so, so I'll leave off where I left off, which is like, we lived in this house. I ended up getting involved with one of the roommates, moved out and, um, and then met my wife who I married, I've been married to now for gosh, long time. And, um, and then life moved on and you moved out of San Francisco after a while. I stayed in San Francisco and now I'm in Austin, Texas, but enough about moi. Let's talk about you guys. So you, so, so walk me through, how did you guys meet? Because I want, I want to give the origin story because you guys have done such fucking crazy shit together. I think people should know how two crazy fuckers like you get together <laughs> and then decide to start doing crazy shit together. So kind of in a nutshell, I think both of us were kind of blessed to, to work the grind for a while. Um, I, I was a nanny in San Francisco for some fairly well-to-do families and uh, did pretty well, but it kind of like gave me that window into the world of like what wealth and a whole bunch of extra shit can do for you. And I kind of just decided like, that's what I wanted until I was in it. And then I was like, man, I want no part of this. Mm -hmm. And Vila came from finance and worked yeah, for a big finance company and- Stressful, you know, full days and needing an out and 
to go off to Southeast Asia. Yeah. And so I had taken off, uh, I was doing an internship through college in Thailand um, through my university and had finished that up and was just backpacking with a teaching friend. And we met on a scuba diving boat in Vietnam. Yeah. And uh, and I, uh, I jumped off uh, the boat uh, between the two dives and my shorts came off and she was right there in the water. And so that's, that's how I got her. I used like- the old trick. Wait, wait, wait. They came off like you were like just buck naked? I was butt naked. Yeah. They, they just dive. And the shorts were literally floating in front of her. Yeah. And she was, I think she was just so impressed of what, what she saw. And she just. We call it impressed. Yeah, she, he doesn't she, know what impressed means. And then after that, she just kind of was clinging on to. Wait, wait. So, so, so was that a strategic move, Vilay, where you're like, I'm going to make yeah. my. I'm going to. Yeah. Gonna, works every time. <laughs> That dude, that's like the, the shorts off. Like, I, I, we should name that the billet. What did you do? <laughs> Pulled a billet. <laughs> it was hard. There was no water anywhere. Uh, was it, war- it was warm water, so you were good. It was warm girls water. Know, girls know about shrinkage, right? Yeah. Well, hey, if you're going to do the billet, you better do it in like the South Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Warm do water. not do it in the Nordic Ocean. No, no. Nowhere in Finland is anyone no. who has half a brain doing it. No. no. <laughs> Does not work. You want to yeah. be right near the equator, guys. Near the equator. <laughs> Yes, correct, correct. So so you did the swan dive belay into the water, shorts come off. Kristen, what are you like? You're like, hey there. Like what happened? Well, he, he, I was swimming around the water. I had dove before and he kind of made his way over. But the kind of cool thing about it was we were with a group of people on this boat and I kind of moved over where nobody was and just kind of dove in the water. And I felt like he just kind of like saw that opportunity and was like, she's cool. And then came over and dove right next to me. And yeah. it's kind of been that ever since, like two crazies that decide to do whatever, however, whenever, and just follow each other into the void. Nice. I mean, it's kind of how it started. We ended up on the PCT because we went back and forth a lot between Finland and U.S. I remember, yeah. Oregon. And uh, we had to do that for a while. And the first trip to States, I had told him, like, this sounds crazy, but I've heard about this Pacific Crest Trail. This is well before Wilds, the book and the story came out. Right. Wasn't at all as known. And uh, had mentioned it because I live fairly close in Bend, Oregon, next to the trail. Okay. And so I mentioned it to him. And luckily, he was as, what do you want to say? As, yeah, like as crazy or as yeah, as Forrest Gump as you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To be like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, no voice of reason does either of us have, and so we just kind of went sailing off into the void, and we're like, yeah, let's try that. We had no experience, had never slept in a tent overnight together, had never done any kind of adventuring or outdoorsy anything, and just got the gear. We were in Finland when we did it. My parents reminded me it was like the highest snow year in sixty years on record. Uh. In when we went and did it and so it was a bit totally absolutely crazy lots of people like bailed out going into the sierras because they wouldn't sign up for a snow hike and we had over 500 miles of post holing in snow whoa, um, wait, wait. 500 miles of hiking through the snow like yeah. like yeah. how yes. deep was it in the snow like up to your knees yeah up to your knees in a yeah, lot of places like only in the morning was it like still hard enough from the yeah. night because overnight it froze again so in the morning, you could kind of walk on it and then in the afternoon, it starts to slow Yeah, And we're talking a lot of river crossings. That was kind of the more sketch part was 
the water, it's all melting. So where there's normally a river, like a little trickling stream, it was now like three raging rivers instead. So you have to like find a safe place to cross all these. And yeah. it was a bit crazy. It was a bit crazy. So, so I remember when you guys, and so I'm, I'm like total stalker. I'm like always watching you guys from afar and just cl- clapping and cheering quietly um, <laughs> or loudly. And so right. um, I remember when you guys did that. And so what, wasn't it like tons of people you said quit that because of, because of the conditions that year? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. An exceptionally high number. Cause usually it's about 50% that finish it, that people that start 50% finish I think that year it was only close to 10 to 15 percent. Wow. And yeah. so the most stubborn people. Just, totally yeah. out of their minds just, with no brain yeah, matter left a, floating yeah. around in there right. is the ones who stupidly keep going through yeah. all this. Yeah. 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 A, little, a little low on the IQ. Just yeah, kind of. You know, you know what's crazy is he actually had an IQ test at his old work and blew everybody, like none of them believed it, that he actually scored like higher than everybody else. And they were like, what? That's not possible. He must have lost that somewhere. He already really stole that from somebody. Sleeper cell here. <laughs> Don't know it. Must walk through snow and river and mountain. Yeah. 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 Dude, you guys are maniacs. So you guys, how long did that take? Four months? Five. Yeah, five months, and 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 I remember didn't didn't one of you guys get really sick on it? Was you Billy? Didn't you get really sick and like? I did. Like I got go to the I hospital really or something. De- yeah, I got really dehydrated, and then we actually had to take. Uh, we actually got a ride from a sheriff to Palm Springs. Was it, wait, wait, was that your first or last time that you've been in the back of a cop car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. <laughs> we don't have time for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we got a ride to Palm Springs, and yeah, and then. Then I had finally had to go get an IV there. IV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Dude, dehydration is no joke, man. Like that heat stroke, all that shit. That don't the, yeah. people don't die of the like the, like like people don't die of the hard stuff. They die of the easy stuff. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I I had heat stroke once on a boat in um oh, what the hell is that place? Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Oh, you guys would know. You rode your bikes there probably. Um, <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> so I was in Zihuat on like New Year's two thousand four, and I. I think I just drank too much the night before and I went out on this boat and I didn't drink enough water and all they brought was beers on the boat, which is fucking insane if you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with no water. And I swear to God, I was straight up fucking hallucinating. Like, mm-hmm. like, like yeah. I might as well have eaten like a goddamn suitcase of mushrooms. I was hallucinating. So <laughs> yeah. And they brought me in and like, I probably should have gone to the hospital. Like I, I probably like, like almost died. Right. Like I was yeah. so sick. Yeah. I had a fever and I was, dude, fucks you up. So you guys, have braved the 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 uh, wilderness, and that you're funny. That's right. What year did you guys do that again? The- 11, 2011. Mm-hmm. And so, when did Wild come out? That was like 2013. Yeah, a couple years after you guys. A year or two later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we no- never knew it came out. It just you would tell somebody you just finished hiking this trail, and people would be like, "Oh, Wild," and you're like, "I don't know what that is, but sure." <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know when you're busy doing the trail? You're not watching the movie about the trail. Right. You're no. not watching movies or reading books. That's no. Yeah. That's you know, I'm living a movie while you losers are watching the movies. <laughs> 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 so so you guys did that in 11. And then mm-hmm. and then you guys obviously decompressed from what well, was a gnarly. That's a gnarly hike. And I remember at the end, yeah. like when you were telling me about it, Kristen, it was like, 
was like, <clears throat> I, I'm like, I don't even think I would have made a third of it. I mean, maybe I would have done the easy part, but um, but not the the hard shit where you just got to be stubborn and crazy. Like that's where that's where that's what separates the the women from the from the girls, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a crazy experience, but actually. To lead into the next story, the way that we ended up onto this crazy, ep- even more crazy, wild, epic adventure, not that that wasn't crazy enough, but we ended up uh, talking about, you know, you're like emaciated because you lose all the weight. And we were in um, in uh, northern, northern uh, Washington and emaciated and like half dead and we're hiking away. And... Uh, it was like, you just, you're walking so slow. This is at a foot's pace. If anybody's ever taken a day and just walked as far as distance as you can in a day, it ain't great. And you just feel like you're barely moving, especially with a giant backpack on your back. Everything right. you live on is on your back. And so somewhere along the way, we were like, you know what would be really cool is to actually like do a bike tour. <laughs> <laughs> moving a hell of a lot faster than what we're doing right now. Be way easier than this. Like deadened in the head at the time that you're like, that would be a good idea. And again, the other one, the IQ of what do you have an IQ of was like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Anyway, that's where this actually started, this whole bike idea. And it kind of just seemed like a good idea at the time, right? And we kind of had to postpone it because we bought a house. We remodeled the house together. We got, you know, sold a house. We had all this chaos in between. But the bike, that bike idea never left us. We've always kind of enjoyed that, live out of a backpack, live with nothing. It sounds crazy until you do it. And when you're so deep in it, there's nothing in the world you would rather do than live so simplistic, so, so simply, so engaged with everything around you that, you know, I feel like the only time you're ever going to get this is your, you know, one hour yoga class at the ten, last 10 minutes where you're laying on the floor and you're just trying to like let all the thoughts out of your mind and you really suck at it. But like you, you try, like you actually get that. You get to live that 10 minutes of letting your mind go for two years is basically yeah. what we got to do. And so like nothing better than actually that, that bike trip. It was a, it was an amazing life experience. Yeah. Before we go there, because that's just like, I mean, let's, let's have a little more foreplay. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, guys, we guys, we don't have to fuck yet. Let's just, let's just, let's kiss. <laughs> so a little, little, little slow kissing. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> go stand in for this. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, slow I, don't, kissing. I don't know anything about it. No, no, no. It's just, just slow kissing. Like shorts off, diving in the water. Um, yeah, he doesn't yeah, know. That, <laughs> might have to explain it to this guy. Over. It was like in Finland, Four we plays fuck. diving. In, Pants Finland, off. in Finland, we fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so that's where our population is only five million. We just don't. We just don't know. No, this is just quick. Boom, bam. So uh, we had a question that came from. I was going to ask this question, but but it came from the audience. What do you think was the main lesson you took away from the experience of hiking that trail? less is more less is more like it like i said living in a backpack only with what you have for survival you actually realize a couple things one how little you actually need for survival because everything else falls away and becomes totally unimportant other than the necessities for survival and life which is food water and where are you going to sleep that's about it and right yeah like like what are real problems like 
yeah. food and water. That, that was... That's real problems. Yeah, we, you did, didn't worry about anything else except for those two, food and water. You were never worried about like, why is the Wi-Fi not working? Why is the printer <laughs> empty? Like what? Totally. Like things that you used to like car payments. Like, no, you just had very basic, you know, mm. problems. If they're even problems. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 I mean, really like you guys familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with that? No. Mm. Oh, so there, yeah. Maslow was this, was this famous organizational psychologist. Um, it was uh, in like the seventies. And he talked about this hierarchy of needs. And so the first hierarchy we have to satisfy is our survival hierarchy. We need to get our food and water. So what happens in like non-crazy, like riding a bike from continent to continent world, people like get the survival pretty, like we take survival for granted. Like, oh, I got yes. like, like, hey, I don't sleep that well when it's 77 degrees in my house. I need it to be 76 degrees. Right, right, right. So like, right. I'm like, I'm not in like, I'm in such control of, oh, and nowadays with the iPhones and all that shit, it's like, I need food. I don't even have to get off my ass to go out and get it. It comes to me. Right, right, right. Like, yes. so, so survival is not even like, unless you're like, you know, there's many people that don't even, that's not on their radar, right? So the next higher up is called success. So once I'm done worrying about survival, I got food, I got water, I got shelter, I got comfort, all this stuff. Now I'm worried about success. Well, what am I going to do in my life so that I'm like doing well, right? So this is where people go into business or they try to become like famous or whatever it is that they're trying to do. So that people say, oh, Darius, he's a successful guy, you know? And I'm like, right. oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I know I'm successful, right? And so, but, but at a certain point, you know, you've met like the doctor that's like throws in the towel because they're not living their purpose, Right. Mm -hmm. So they go up right. to the highest right. level of the hierarchy, which is self-actualization, which is, am I living my calling? Right. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is it, it sounds to me like you guys went straight to self-actualization by <laughs> like thriving in survival, <laughs> Right. <laughs> which I've right. never, ever met someone that's done that before. It's so interesting, you know? Yeah. I think it's kind of just a learning really early that you can. <laughs> right? You can, because we had no experience, but we could, and we did. And we didn't have the right gear, but you figure it out. And it doesn't take a later date or a better situation. It's just now is the now. And if you're not doing it now, then when? Right. And yeah. how, when it's going to happen. I mean, there will always be something that falls in your lap that you can't do it. And I felt like most of the questions that we got actually about when we do these adventures. It's really funny because the most, most Americans would ask, why? Why are you doing a bike ride? Why are you doing this hike? That sounds crazy to them. Mm -hmm. Except Mexico South, all the Latin Americans, anybody with less than most Amer you know, US people were like, wow, what a beautiful life. Yeah. That. They didn't ask why. They didn't need to know. They didn't need to ask why. They knew. They understood. Yeah. They they're understood like, they're why. Like, they're like, yeah, like, why? You're like, <laughs> like, why are you doing that rat race bullshit? Yes. Right. Yes. Know? And I, we moved far from it. So. I guess we, we just always assume in Western world that when we, because it happens in Finland too, that when you leave comfort zone, what they see as a comfort zone, they want to know why. Why are you leaving this bubble? Yes. Why are you leaving this comfort zone? Yeah. And they just assume that living in a tent for two years is hell. 
when it actually isn't and it's not like a daily struggle that we're like, oh no, another night in the tent. It becomes <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I'm so excited to go to the tent. Yeah. I sleep so fucking good in the tent. Like I worked out all the, day long. the breeze coming through and like, I've never slept so good in, in a bed inside yeah. four walls than in yeah. a tent. But for some reason we have this like, why would anyone leave this comfort zone? What is the reason? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million-dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through, but then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. Right. Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to pick up the tent and shake it out to clean it? You never have to clean a house again. Yeah. I mean, it's the simple things. It really is that it just, you minimize your life to the basics. And I also think like the other thing that I feel like we learned on the PCT and this ride was that you, what, what the humans are capable of, 
Right. Completely lost it because we've moved so far away from our ancestors and where we came from and where we originated from that we've forgotten what our human body is capable of, how little we need for survival is in food, water. You actually don't need a buffet. Like you can actually survive on very, very little food and walk 30 miles a day plus, right? And, and live. As long as you got water and you got some food, you're going you're gonna to solidly do it. And it was something to see that our bodies do it and us accomplish it that was like, dang, this yeah. is so possible. Like this, this can be done, you know? Right. What, what, when you guys did, so when you guys did Pacific Crest Trail, like what type of caloric intake did you guys take in per day? They say what you need is six to 8,000, but we couldn't carry all that. No. So we would just go like, like our, our weight would just drop really Steep fast up. for the four or five days that we were in the woods. And we were just eating two to 3,000 calories. We, then we'll hit the town and we'll get two pints of Ben and Jerry's each. Then we'll go to a buffet, okay, just buffet, like now, you know, and just, and you can just constantly eat, eat. And the, you know, the, the greatness machine in here in your gut is just burning it yeah. in, in two, two hours. And yeah. then you're hungry again. You're hungry in an and hour. And then you get on the trail again the next day and hope you ate enough calories in the last 24 hours to, to sustain to for the back. next five yeah. days or whatever yeah. you're go- going before you hit so, another. Oh man, I could talk to you guys about this for hours and hours. So I, we got to, I want to move on to like the, the ride. So, so you guys are like, like half brain dead walking from literally from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada on like one of the toughest trails in the whole world. And in like really hard charge conditions, especially as you got up North and somewhere up there, you're like, you know, fuck walking, let's go ride our bikes. But I mean, if we're going to ride our bikes, we can't just ride from like, you know, I don't know, Alaska to Mexico. We, we already almost walked that. So, I mean, we really got to challenge ourselves I think we should ride to the tip of Argentina from the yeah. tip of Alaska. Yeah. So yeah. How, is this a thing even? Is this like a thing everyone does or do you guys just make up your own thing? You're like, we're going to make up our own thing. Well, kind of being made it up that it, it is, you know, like they say the whole process to, to hike Everest is, is I think three, four months of like training and then doing it. And then this being like usually a, it's a two year thing. So not a lot of people, people can commit to this kind of stuff. Yeah. There's some weaklings. So there's, there's some like, like there's other people that have done it, but it's not a thing to do. And especially where we started, we didn't know it before because we don't do a lot of research, but we just looked, you know, the, the northernmost point with a road, but we didn't look into the condition of the road and the fact it's called ice road or, you know, like, we, we, we just kind of went for it and, and Winging it. yeah. Did so, you guys like, but did you guys like do research around like time of year? Like, okay, we got to start here because we don't want to get screwed in the summer in like Baja, Mexico or something like that. I kind of felt we, like you guys did that a little bit. Well, we didn't do too much because, because no. I'm, I'm from pretty far up North. So I knew that we like make sense that we got to kind of start in the summer there. Yeah. And so we just booked tickets when, Cause we were, when we, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, we didn't even have bikes. You, you yeah. led into like, we'll get on our bikes. And we didn't have bikes at the time. We honestly. We'll get on bikes that we don't, we don't even ride together bikes. A week or two before we started. Yeah, we booked had- plane tickets to Alaska. 
he wanted to bike South America. I'm like, I kind of wanted to see Canada and Alaska at some Let's point. Do both. <laughs> I ended up doing the whole yeah. thing. It wasn't like planned. Planned is way too kind of a word. Yeah. Like Even we, better. No, so, no. so literally a, a month before we started in Alaska, we were still in Burma and India. And we, we were so right. preparing for this in, no. in a good way. We and I remember going to a bike shop and he's telling us about our bikes and everything. And he's telling us like, and I asked him like, well, how do you, how do you, uh, uh, you know, adjust the derailleur? He said, he goes, wait, you don't know how to adjust the derailleur. And then he's just, he's freaking out. Like, like he's panicking. You're going to do this thing. You're and you're, you don't know. Place in Alaska, like that there is, and you guys don't know how to even fix bikes. Yeah. Wait, wait, but this is in India or in Alaska? This was this was in Oregon. We had just flown back, and we were getting the bikes that we. Oh, had. oh, and you're like, oh, let us. You're like, how do I change a tire? And he's like, yeah, exactly. And exactly. he's like, wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. You are gonna ride your fucking bike from Alaska? Did he know you were riding to Argentina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So he must have thought you guys were out of your fucking minds. Like he's like, yeah, I'm, sure. like, I'm like, 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 I'm talking to crazy people. Like this is just yeah, like, they're not really, they're not yeah, really they're, doing this. They're crazy. Yeah. Right, they'll never make yeah. it or whatever, you yeah. know, they'll die or they'll they'll you yeah. know, get injured. Or... <laughs> this is a really good friend of mine too that I knew way back in the day traveling and back in high school days. And he was just kind of like, seriously, at what point did you completely lose your mind? Like, this is nuts. You guys. <laughs> I just want to say this though. And this is like, just for anyone who's watching. If you want to learn how to take care of a bike, there's one way of doing it. You just fucking go and figure it out, right? Exactly. It yeah, might slow. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's not like you have. It's not a race. That's the other thing. It's not a fucking race. Like, what oh, is it going to take you two years and twelve days, or two years and ten days? Who gives a right. shit, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So fucking cool. So yeah. so so you guys are like, fuck it. You're like, we'll just wing it. We'll figure it out. Like that's that's that was like, and and is that Billy? Like like let me just ask this because like obviously you guys have to. I mean. You guys were not even married when you did the Pacific Crest Trail, were you? No. No. No, we were just, we were dating. We were dating at the time, and that was like a make or break, right? Like, we didn't kill each other, so we decided to get married after that. Yeah. Did you, where did you propose? Was it on the trail, or was it after the trail? It was after, after. the after the trail. I, uh, we took a, a trip to the Lapland, which is the north, over the north uh, Arctic Circle into Norway, and that's where I uh, proposed, and you know, she had a weak moment, and she said yes. Yeah. Did you pull a vile and like dive in? Did you dive we'll in the water it. again? So, so Kristen had a weak moment. You did a you did a vile. You dove into the water. Shorts came off. She grabbed your shorts. In the pocket was a ring. <laughs> Basically, no, because yes. this was in the north. Oh yes. Don't yeah. do a vile in the no. north. No, no, not in the north. Sorry, yes, it's a hot tub. <laughs> Or hot spring, you could do hot spring. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so you proposed up near the Arctic Circle, um, mm-hmm. and and at that point, did you guys already know that you're like, all right, we got another adventure planned. We're just gonna go get our house in order. Well, yeah, it was definitely on the, you know, in our thoughts, and and we we were kind of we're not procrastinators, and so I knew that it was gonna happen soon when yeah. we, we when we have these goals that we're. That we keep talking about we we go and do it we don't we don't just talk yeah, about can't let it go yeah. yeah so so like was there so you guys um when did you guys leave on that trip was it like 2014 
16. 16. 16. So, so it took a couple of years until you guys, like you guys made the goal in like 2011. It took yep. a few, few years to go by, save up some money. Kind we of, bought a house. We fixed a house. We organized the house. So we had money to be able to do the spike ride. Got it. So, 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 you, so yeah, you did. You, and I, I know you've, you've been doing real estate for a long time. So that was a good way to make some, some money. So you now you we like, were pretty broke actually. Like, like after or before this house, we got it dialed and we lived, I know this is mind blowing, but we lived on $800 a month for this whole bike trip. Wait, wait, wait. After you sold the house, like, oh, we hadn't sold it yet. No, we rented it, rented it out. And the yeah. money that was left over after taxes, insurance and all that, we had 800 bucks for the two of us. And we had maybe a few grand saved in a backup account. No way. So you, it wasn't like, you're like. I got like, you didn't have like major coffers stacked. You were like, oh, no, you're like, no, no. you're like, all right, well, like, well, but like, dude, I guess if you like, like, it, like there must be like, you guys need to come up with like a saying or something. Cause it's, it's like, just fucking do it is yeah. already taken by Nike. I know you're from yeah, Thanks Nike. Yeah, you assholes. <laughs> like dude, fucking Phil Knight stealing that shit or whatever his name is. Yeah. It's Phil Knight. Yeah. 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 He stole yeah, that shit. But- yeah, just doing it. So you're like, all right, well, we're not going to not do this trip. Right. Like, yeah. like, so yeah, we just, got, well, I guess also if you're willing to like, not like live the high life, it's like, well, 800 bucks is the budget. We need food. We need some luxury here and there when things are fucked up that we like, so yes. there's a little bit, of, we need bike repairs. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little bit of money for like medical shit when you guys hurt yourselves or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And then what else it's is there? Real tight. It was tight though. I mean, to be honest, yeah, Alaska, it is farther north than one thinks and they got to truck everything up there. It's still part of the country. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. So you had to do all that stuff. Everything everything. is crazy expensive. And so we actually were like running out of money through Alaska and then uh, Canada was a little bit cheaper, but then you know, got to get through the U.S. And we just relied on people, um, putting us up occasionally and or camping a lot. Mm-hmm. Every, every night was almost camping. And it actually turned out to be one of the best things was not having any money because when you have money, you rely on the money to get a hotel. You're always going to talk yourself into more plush digs along the way. Interesting. And if you don't have any money, you don't have options. You're like, we don't have any money. So we are going to got our Spanish a heck of a lot better than it was even when we started. And you go ask people, can we camp in your yard? Can we camp in your field? Do you have somewhere we can stay safe? Can you recommend a place to stay? And everyone let us camp. Everyone let us stay. Everyone took us in. Everyone was like, and we met so many people on this was why it was such a beautiful journey was because the people we met, it's, we knew this, from PCT would be the case. It's not necessarily, we're going to bike from Alaska to Argentina. We knew that we are not cyclists. We had bike before. We didn't really care about bikes. To be honest, two years later, we don't even still give a shit about bikes. I mean, we do, but like, I can't tell you like how to build a bike from scratch or anything. And we're not like, we don't even classify ourselves as like cyclists. We're like, it's just, we love traveling. We love meeting people. We like getting out in the world and life is short. So you might as well do it. So bike just happened to be the mode of transport for us to meet all these cool people and being broke really helped push us to do it. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things, pizza, 
pink unicorns, core values, and down and dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment. And you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. And, and so when you guys were like on PCT or when you started the bike in the bike ride and you're, you know, did you notice a difference in was were, were people like, obviously people live near PCT there. This is a common thing because I see people doing this journey. So, so are they, is, are people kind of lending a helping hand and helping when they can, or is it kind of like, eh, not really. Like what, what do you see as far as like the generosity of people when it comes to helping you guys out in these, in these different parts of the journey? And did it differ from state to state or from country to country? Obviously I don't want to get into the bike cause we'll go there next, but like, did you notice like a cultural difference around generosity or like around friendliness on these different adventures in the beginning? Let's do PCT first and then we'll go to the bike second. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the, the PCT is the most most of the time you're just alone. Like you'll get to town every four or five days. And sure, there, there was a lot of like cool, what, what is called trail magic. So people just showing up at trailheads and feeding hungry PCT hikers, like having some beer and some barbecue there. There was a lot of that. And I would say that was pretty even in no matter what state you were, there was not like one place was better than the other, but most of the time you're just really alone on the PCT because you're in the woods and you're so far deep in the woods that there's no day hikers there. Mm-hmm. So you're just alone. And then the difference to the bike trip is that on the bike trip, we're kind of going and through villages and towns. And so we see a lot more people. And, yeah. And so, and, yeah sorry, sorry, Christian, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly what he said, but, um, a little bit touching on on the bike tour just because it was a little bit broader and other countries you you mentioned is that we noticed when people have more they have more to lose they feel a little bit more apprehensive about letting two random people just stay on their couch or stay on their yard or whatever i felt like they're a little more guarded i mean it was you know those signs you you all the way alaska is private property no trespassing i shoot you but then you get through Canada changes, then you get to continental US, it's a little more guarded. People are super friendly and super kind. But like I said, if they have more, they have more to lose. And as soon as we hit Mexico South, man, there was not a person who turned us away. 
not a person uh, in years. I mean, year and a half south, right? It's literally, like, year, literally oh, years, years. Yes, yeah. literally years was people just like, yeah, absolutely, you can camp. Yeah, no problem. I mean, when people don't have anything, they don't care. Yeah, what are you gonna take? The freaking. You're, gonna, you're not gonna take anything. You know, yeah. they don't have anything. So, was, was there any like? Um, and I was thinking this the whole time and watching you guys. I was like, how the fuck are they gonna get through Central America? <laughs> <laughs> so, we thought the same. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, so I, because I, 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 like, dude, I'm gonna tell you what I did. I used to go on Google Maps and like go and find the dead ends for you guys. <laughs> I'm like, where do they go? Like, how do you cross the Panama Canal? You know, like, yeah. like I literally would like, I'm like, I would see where you guys are at, and I would Google drop myself, and I was like, whoa, this is fucked up. Um, so I was totally like, dude, yeah. I'm telling you, I was stalking you guys. Um. So we got a question that came in was the question I was just going to ask is, did you have any scary or close call situations? And especially like if you did, was it once you got south of the border? Because I was like, dude, you got cartel. You got like you got some fucked up shit. And like Mexico is not, you know, they're, they're, look, Mexican people are beautiful people. I love Mexico. I live in Mexico, but it is not the safest place right now. It's not like you have much for them to steal, except you like you could be the booty that they could take and then, you know call your parents up and say, we're going to kill you if I don't, in, you know, mm. you don't, you know, kidnap you guys, essentially. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I would be concerned with. So, so what, yeah. Did anything happen or was there any like situations that were sketchy or yeah. In, in Mexico? No, no, not, not, not one thing. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. that, that's the, that's the like, I, well, I, we didn't, we didn't go to any of the touristy places either. So we stayed in the villages and, and in the mainland and there's, we were the we were the only Kringles in town for months that they've seen and and so we we I feel like we got really treated royally in, in Mexico. Yeah, and I mean it's all relative because you would be surprised at how many people outside the United States say, "Oh my God, you're going there. It's so dangerous," right? Like, it, oh, 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 you're saying right now? Uh, just for, any time. For, for There's example, a lot of guns in this country, so we were. Yeah, you're right. So, so I. Yeah, I mean, we were in Peru when the the Vegas shooting happened, and this lady came to us and and asked if we were from U.S. because we were speaking English, and I, and and I, we said, "Yeah, she is," and and she said, "I'm so sorry for what happened," you know, in Peru. So this is like, yeah, something that is not always. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's all relative. People forget that what they see on the news is that 0.0001% of something happening, and it's on loop, right? And so you're seeing it, and it feels so real, and it feels so intense, and it feels so in your face, and that it's everywhere. It's ev- creeping around everywhere. Yeah. But the reality is, we are all human. Like, we all actually want the same thing. We want health, right, and happiness, we want it for ourselves and we want it for our family and we want it for those around us. So right. everywhere we went, we could have probably were housed by cartels for all I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. They are still kind hearted people that take you in. So right. it's like, we, we didn't have anything happen with people the entire way. We kept a positive attitude. We smiled at everybody and you'd be surprised how far a language goes. If you have a commonality in a language, at least the basics, you know what I mean? You you open a lot of doors for yourself, like sure. how to go somewhere. Yeah. And like putting yourself in other people's situations, knowing that if you traipse through a country and you're just flashing your like wealth, I mean, like you just yeah. your your situation. Shit, we were two 
dirt bags on bicycles. Right. They wanted like, to give us money. They wanted to give us money. They weren't like, yeah. like, hey, they got some money to take over there. Yeah. This criminal stinks, man. He's in oh, the shower. You guys are like two homeless people on bikes in their minds. Like exactly. That, that was exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You were. You were. You were like living in tents and like cruising. Totally. totally. Yeah. So many cops and and just people along the way definitely stopped us to ask how where are you going oh my god gringo that's so crazy and yeah best <laughs> yeah like we, we were in stopped down baja i think and there's this whole pile up of cars you know and you have to go through all these checkpoints and everything everybody knows who drives baja but and we're like waiting and we get to these guys and they're all like asking us all these questions like what do you eat and where do you go where do you stay and they were so excited and yeah. and they're like the guy you know the pile cars are piling up and somebody's honking because they're like impatient and you know he's looking at him like yeah you're screwed yeah you're yeah. fine I'm, I'm charging you some extra money and you know what I mean? and you're yeah. just kind of like laughing like yeah well yeah, yeah. And you're just like and they're joking with you and laughing yeah. and they're like all right uh, journey you know what i mean that's so cool so, but to answer your question, as far as like injuries and stuff, the yeah, yeah, thing, uh, we did have was animals actually. So shockingly, uh, Alaska is quite wild, yeah, and, and Canada, and so we had we we saw about sixty black bears. So we being near a uh, run-in with a mother uh, black bear and her cubs. That was a good story. Um, we we got out alive, but that was a, that was a very close call. Like like the like the mom started like ch- charging at you guys. Yeah yeah no yeah. he was oh, yes. he was he was oh, maybe yeah. six feet from us. Whoa! That you can smell her breath. Oh yeah. Just, it was it was it intense was intense. Situation. It was it, it was one of those like these. Dude, they run like sixty miles an hour, don't they, or something? Uh-huh. Like that? Oh yeah oh, yeah yeah. yeah. Like, they're like, they were like fast as like cars. I heard. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we put our bikes between us and then we're like, uh, what do we do? You yeah. know, like you don't learn this in school. Like, what do you do? Oh. <laughs> Mom, mother bear with her cubs yeah. right behind her. No. So yeah, we had that. Um, we had a, a dog dog attacks. I fell like in uh Peru, but he got attacked by some wild dogs. His Peru has actually tons of wild dogs. Oh wow. Did they did it hurt you? Bike, and then he ate it into the pavement, broke ribs, and was all bloody. Oh. So what, ha- so what happened? You broke your ribs in Peru. You just went to the hospital and like, how did you hospital? What's a hospital? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we, Good try. Good one. We were in sorry, the, sorry. You, the you, middle of yeah, the we, nurse we, Kristen. Yeah. yeah. There was, there was nice people again from the village came and you know, everybody had wells. Yeah. We had to like find a house with a well, like pull well water out and like wash them off with well water. And then yeah. it was like, Hey, Get back on your bike and let's go. Like, how many broken ribs did you have? I think I think only two. Oh, only two. Yeah, <laughs> and you're in Peru, so you only have a couple of you know five thousand more miles to go or something like that. <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and were you in the Andes when this happened? Yeah. 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 We were up in the yeah. Way really up. up there. Yeah. Okay. So so we got more questions. Sorry, guys. I'm asking the questions. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd can wait. I'm uh, I've like like listen. I'm I I got to enjoy this from a, like totally from afar. So my first question was like, how the hell do you get through like Nicaragua and Venezuela and shit like that? Like like that's where I was like, these are like some fucking gnarly places, right? So my brain was like, like. Like I was, I had this like recollection of junior high school learning that all there is is jungle separating the end of Central America and, and South You're America. Right. And I'm like, yes. oh, there's only jungle. 
So how the hell yeah. are they going to get to Central, South America from Central America? So how do yeah, you guys no, do you're... that? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is no border crossing there. There is no road. There is no way to legally cross it. The only ones crossing it is the narcos um, illegally. Mm -hmm. And so we, you either take a boat or you take a plane. And our plan was to take a boat, but then uh, we didn't have the money, so we took the plane. Yeah, we had to uh, break break down our bikes, put them in boxes, check them onto a plane, and fly from Panama City to Cartagena, which is actually yeah. nor going back north. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you couldn't ride. You couldn't technically ride all the way to South America then. No. 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 Oh, I'm so bummed out. This interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, so wait. It was more expensive to do the boat than it did was to take a, a plane. Yes. Yeah, because it's like five days in the Caribbean. You're kind of sailing. It's a, like oh, nice oh, so like, cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 You, guys didn't, you guys didn't earn that shit. Fuck that. No, we didn't earn it. <laughs> we actually done it. 2010. We were crewing on sail. Yeah. We've done it actually. On, yeah. yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> plane. What did yeah. you guys do? Just ride your bike from Alaska or something here? Like, what do you think you are? So. Yeah. Uh, so you guys said, how long did it take, by the way, to go from Alaska to where you got on the plane in, uh, where was that, in Panama, you said? Panama yeah, City. that was a year. That was a year. Yeah, <laughs> that was almost the, the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A year. So, so wait, when did you guys, you left in the summer, and and, and so now it's summer of, of 2000, and you said 2017 or 16 now? So you yeah, started 17. in summer of 16, now it's summer of 17. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're in Panama. You're like, all right, we got to get to South America. So you got on a plane, you box the bikes up. Now, I remember at one point you guys flew home for like a yes. wedding. Yeah. Event, right. We, we had to. Vila, Vila has a green card. So we had to come back into the States because you can't be out of the U.S. longer than a year. So we came back from Costa Rica. We planned two weeks and I got insanely sick. That's right. Getting, yeah. Um, we think dengue fever, but I was tested for a couple different things and then yeah, ruled out that at least it was a mosquito bite, you know, past illness. And I was so insanely sick. And so luckily I was in, in back home in Oregon when that happened. And the wind is down for the count for, we ended up having to push flights till five weeks. And my doctor was just like, you definitely not okay to leave yet. And we were like, Hey, we got to finish this ride. Like if we don't leave now, we're going to miss our weather window. Cause you have to finish in the South by their summer. Right. Cause, and right. their summer is real narrow. I mean, bottle of water was freezing in their summer in the South. It's so cold. Wow. Um, we had to get going. So we did fly home from Costa Rica. We were about five weeks and then we flew back to our bikes in Costa Rica and kept going. Did you, did you get the mosquito bite you think in Central America or in the Costa state? Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, how, how fucking weird would that be that you actually didn't get sick in the jungles, but you get sick in Oregon? Like, like, yeah. like what are yeah. the odds? Right. So, right. so you got, so, so a little, little fucking mosquito got you sick probably or something. Yes. You, yeah. you, five weeks you're in the States. Then you guys bounce back to Costa Rica. You get end up in Panama summer, 2017. Um, oh, that's good. You guys missed the whole Trump shit show. When all this stuff was going on. Oh, we were in Mexico. We, were in Mexico. we, went, we didn't exactly, we won't call it missing, missed it. There's going to be a wall and you're not going to be able to ride your bikes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were a little bit concerned because we were in the heart of Mexico and not, oh. not in, not in uh, tourist spots. Oh, you thought they were going to be like, like take it out on you that this idiot yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah we're we're white as can be and we're in places that are not white and 
the very first thing, if everybody remembers, it was the wall building and Mexico's going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. It's our, yeah. And so uh, we were in the heart of Mexico at that time and we were really stressing. Like, oh, we wow. Stay, we definitely stay out of them while we're traveling. And it was like we were just thrown right into the middle of it. We didn't have a choice. And so we were a bit stressed on what, what was going to happen. Was it safe? Would we... I, we don't know. I mean, people were asking, like, are you American? Are you American? We got asked it a lot because we stood out. And I felt like I started lying, saying I was yeah. Canadian and, oh, and Finnish and trying, like, not to, which was really shitty. Like, it's not something I'm proud of. I wish I could have been proud at that moment, but I was very not proud. Dude, I would have been, I would have been fucking, I would have been fucking Canadian in two seconds. Yes. Totally, <laughs> oh, no. Totally. Like, Vancouver, eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. When it's your, when it's your, when it's your life, you're, you're like yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah I would have been <laughs> Zimbabwe. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a bit stressful. And to be honest, it was like the complete opposite of what we thought. We we were concerned for a minute, and then everybody taught treated us so incredible, so nice. They all were like, you know, they would make jokes and be like, hey. We know about having shitty presidents. We have them all the time, you know? <laughs> now like, you're join the club. You're like the rest of the world now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they were just kind of like they were human. It's we're all human and and we don't have anything to do with like the people at top on the top, right? Like we're yeah. so far removed from those people anyway. They make these crazy decisions that nobody has any sort of control over or part of. And we all just kind of like go with the flow. And so it just felt like we were more amongst humans right we're amongst people and we're treated so good yeah. mexico was one of our favorite countries because of how good we were treated oh it's so cool i love mexico i got married in mexico in oaxaca nice. oh nice yeah 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 well mariah my wife's half mexican so so, so okay. she, and she lived there for a year so we, we she got family there and stuff too yeah that's cool man mm. that, i love nice. that i love Land that miss call yeah, yeah, dude, the land of Moscow, exactly. Um, so you guys, um, so you end up in, you you get back down to Costa Rica, you end up in Panama on a plane, and then you land in Cartagena, and you're like, all right, let's do this. And now, Andy's start in Colombia, is that yep. right? Yeah. yeah. So how was, how was Ross, riding yes. your fucking bike in the Andes? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you guys are bike riders, and like, that is like gnarly bike riding, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is it yeah. dangerous too? Is it pretty dangerous up there? I mean, I don't think I could do the mountains. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the, the downhills is what you know. It's it's you're on your own risk. Like if you want to go fast, you can go fast, but it's like crazy fast. Yeah. And some of these like climbs would turn in from like we would look at the map and we're like, okay, that looks like a couple hour climb it would turn in, in Andes, it would turn into like, oh, that looks like a two day climb, you know? Yeah. Two so, day, and where would you yeah. get? Yeah, days, days. Yeah, it would climb. be like 50 miles uphill to all the way up to 16,000 feet was our highest. 16,000 feet? 1,000, yeah. yeah. If you think about like Mount Whitney, 14,500. So you're, this is 16. like low oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how did you guys did you guys how did you acclimate the early on to like the, the like the air like obviously the oxygen was that an issue? Yeah, I mean you don't you can't really acclimate super well because you're going from like zero. I mean I think we were down to three hundred feet at one, and we climbed up and over in two days. So you climb halfway, you sleep in a tent because you never want to camp at the top because it's so low, you know, low oxygen. 
And then you finish your climb over and you just feel dizzy and loopy and stupid at the top. And you just, then you're back down the other side, you've gotten over the pass and now you're back down the other side, hours and hours of downhill. And then you, you, the unfortunate is it's like the, the binge and the hangover because you like wee down and you're looking straight across the valley at the giant mountain range. And all you can see is the scissors of switchbacks that you're about to climb is the next one. And it's over and over and over again. It's Mm -hmm. just like on repeat. So when you first did it, we was we like fuck, and then by the time you do one or two, you're like, all right, this is it is what it is. So I'm just gonna like yeah. like like I'm gonna enjoy it and and work it and yeah yeah and you're like kind of in the moment like you're talking about yeah and and we were in good shape by then and mm-hmm. and then you yeah. just slow you got a lot of we, gears we, we had no like like we gotta go fast we gotta break break records or whatever yeah you know we would just go slow yeah you're just plugging along you just go slow you you knock it down to your lowest gear. And you just go and you yeah. just enjoy the scenery and you take your time oh. enough to do it. So yeah. how I mean, was, how were the views up there? Was oh, it fucking God. crazy? I would yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We put our, our tent on some cow pasture and looking at the, you know, the sun setting yeah. in the Andes and you're like, looking like, think we're talking to each other. Like if this was a hotel room, this would be like yeah. $150, $200 at least. A night. Yeah. And this, I mean, view. Peru is a, a wild place in the Andes too, because it was the most going back in time. I felt like in humanity because for two months, it took us to climb through the Andes in Peru to get to, uh, where were we? my parents? To Costco. To, Cusco. To Cusco. 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 Okay. So it took us two months and those two months were like, nobody has, no, people don't have cell phones. They don't have computers. They don't have right. access to they have wells, they have houses that are mud huts, they don't have doors, they don't have windows, they have animals, they herd their animals. There are a lot of the native um, Quechuan people, um, oh. blankets, the women have hats kind of like I'm wearing, and they're herding all their animals to the next farm, right? And so you're in and amongst these people for two months, and it's just like, it's an amazing, incredible experience. Because when in life will you ever get to unplug? I mean, we tell kids our ages, like imagine a life without cell phones because we all lived without cell phones, right? Right. Imagine like getting to go back to that life of two months of no cell phones, no computers, no plugged in, no, I mean, this, that was the life. It was incredible. Now, did you, now you guys didn't, did you guys have cell phones during that, this ride or, but you just like turned them off when they didn't work type of deal or you get chips and like, like you're in the the Andes, I'm guessing there's no cell coverage to your point, right? No, there was no, yeah. So we would just use the um, the cell phones with the Wi-Fi when there was Wi-Fi. But in the Andes, there was never Wi-Fi. And if, if there was, it was like dial up, you wow. know. And this for two months. So, so your family didn't know if you guys were okay or you couldn't post well, pictures. We tried to do that as, you know, as often as possible. So four or five days or so, like just send a WhatsApp message, like once, if we had Wi-Fi, like, Hey, we're alive doing good. You know? Yeah. yeah. Get Wi-Fi random shady, random here and there spots. And then yeah. you just kind of like connect and always just like to the mom and the dad. Right. And just right. Like parents let them know. And then they let everyone else know. That's good. That's good. So Updated. you guys, so you got through the Andes, it took two months. And then what was the next country you went to after Peru? Yeah, Colombia, Ecuador, and then Peru. Peru. Then we were in Bolivia. 
Bolivia is actually at thir- average around 13,500 feet Altiplano. So it never goes, doesn't go down much, doesn't go up past that, but you're high. There's no trees, it's just open. So we were just there. Like the high plains. Just... So, so there's no, so, so wait, is and like, this is, forgive my ignorance. Um, so is it like you have two choices in, in South America, mountains or jungle? So you just like mountains is your choice. There's no like flat, flatlands or anything like that. Yeah. There's, the, there's the coast, which is, which is super hot and busy and, you know, like yeah. not Real, so. Not a yeah. scenic, just super, super hot. And we couldn't do with the heat and. Um, yeah, very busy, trafficked. Yeah, and we were in this for the adventure, not. Oh, got it. So you're like, got it, got it. So we were like, like I'll, I'll, let's go to the mountains. Let's yeah, yeah we wanted to see the llamas, llamas, not the cars. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. I, I didn't know. That, to your point, there was no time. There's not a race. So yeah. you're like, all right, we're gonna take, we're gonna take the coastal. We're gonna go the, you're gonna go up Highway One, but it's called the Andes. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. I was, I was like, I thought that was the only way down. Um, wow. And we so could have gone the Amazon. I mean, there's a lot of rainforest in there, but it is humid and hot as hell. Yeah. And then like, that sucks. That, that would and be, yeah. On a bike, it is just brutal. Like yeah. nothing. you can't hydrate enough. You drink, it just sweats out. So it's, it's painful. So, so, so you, you go through Bolivia, you're at all mountains the whole way. And so my question for you guys is, were you guys like, was there ever moments where you guys were like, fuck this, I'm done? Or was it like, no, this is the best. Like, we're just like, every day is a, a new adventure. There was ever like, we're done. Uh, I was like, like there was definitely hard days, but I don't think that point, when she got the dengue, that's when I thought like, this might've been it just because yeah, she was, in, was like, she was sick for so long that she kind of lost the muscles and she lost the sh- stamina and everything because mm. she was so sick couldn't even get I, off the couch and i knew that <laughs> yeah. we would get into the andes and and i had a hard time in the andes and i was in better shape than she was in it and so she was a she was a trooper she just just got back in shape yeah. pretty fast in the andes and she just said didn't give herself an option yeah i don't, I don't yeah. know if no, that was true the, and i think it helped to have both of us because when one of you is down the other one lifts the other one up yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not both down at the same time. You're always got one, you know, yo-yoing off the other. And I felt like <clears throat> I realized on this trip that he absolutely hated the rain, despised the rain. And we were in Oregon coast, California, Northern California coast in October. So it just literally pissed rain on us for two weeks. We never saw the sun. It was like being in a shower. Uh, you're camping it. You're in a tent in it. You're, you can't get out of it. You can't dry off. You can't dry your stuff. And it was so miserable. And luckily, like, he was so miserable. I was too, but I wasn't as miserable. And I was just right. like, we can do this. Like, we just we just got to do it. We just got to suffer through it. Bought a tarp at a hardware store and just, like, put it over a tent because our tent was so saturated. It was taking in water. And, like, then when I'm down, he was just kind of like, we got this. We can do this. And I just felt like we lifted each other up when we needed and, and were you guys like, um, we're, we're rounding near the end of the show here, but um, we have a yeah. question that I'm going to go to next. But before we go there, I just want to ask, like, were there, like, what did you guys do to, like, entertain each other? I mean, maybe there's a ton of entertainment, but but what did you guys do, like, was there, like, 
journaling? Did you guys have any hat, like any type of rituals that you used like to get some semblance? Obviously every day is a new adventure, but some sort of consistency just to like make, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like some people might've done journaling or photography or, or things that you guys knew that to talk about or any sort of habit you guys created during the, 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 the bike ride. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we, we discovered podcasts on days that it was really gnarly long climbs that you need to take your mind off it. But, um, I, we played a lot of cards, um, which is really hard when you're both super competitive, like we are, and one of you wins and the other one's like, you know what, screw you go find somebody else to play with and you're in a tent and you're it. So you go back and forth between like winning and losing and hating it, hating each other for it. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, like, it's just, you're just, yeah, we didn't have a lot of entertainment other than some podcasts, but you really become so in the moment and nature. And it's like, it's like watching TV all day, but it's like 360 and it's all views and it's all right. meeting people. And like, it's always changing and you've never seen what's behind the corner. So it's yeah. always kind of like keeps you. Yeah. Like that suspension yeah. Of like, Mexico South people live on the road, you know, right. They live in our cars in the U.S., but Mexico South people bike, they bus, they walk, they have donkeys, mules, donkeys, and, carts, yeah. and so you pass people all day long. You're talking to people all day long. You get off your bike, and Vila is like juggling a football. By the way, that's soccer in U.S., but like juggling a football with kids, and we, you know, we met so many people, and so there wasn't downtime to really be bored. Other than you, you're so tired by the time you get in your tent. You play some cards. And we had Kindles. Sometimes we read some books, you know, but otherwise, yeah. like we socialized with the people that we were staying yeah, with them, like on their yard or whatever. Usually that ended up like in the evening, like we would just hang out with, you know, maybe with them, have dinner with them or something. Yeah. Just that was usually at least in South America. It was like, we always brought food to share with yeah. people that we stayed at their places yeah. and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so you guys, so you guys were in year two. How long did the whole trip take? Two and a half years? Two years? Twenty months. Twenty months. Twenty months. All right. So, so just under two years. So, yeah. you guys end up in Argentina, right? And you guys went to the. You guys went. Did you guys go all the way to Tierra del Fuego? Oh yeah. All the way to the southernmost tip. Yeah. And, yeah. and how was that? Was that like freezing down there, or was the the timing good? Yeah. The timing was good. But it was still it was still really cold there and brutal. The wind is like the, yeah. the our main opponent there as a cyclist. Yeah, and but like I'd say you, you forget that like when you hit Argentina, this is going to be your last country, and this is going to be the country you finish this ride in. And we got to the border, and we still had what was the distance over four thousand miles. So this is more than going coast to coast U.S. and halfway back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and this is our last country, man. This is like, yeah. we're supposed to be done and we have that much distance still to cover to finish our last country. And so we we zigzag between the coastal chain that goes between Chile and the right and the coast and then Argentina and Chile totally downpours tons of rain. It's beautiful but it, and green and lush, and but it's because, you know, one day out of five is going to be sun and the rest is going to be downpouring rain. And then Argentina is a giant, big old desert. And so you're getting a ton of wind because it's no trees. So wow. and by the time you get down south, the wind is painful, the rain is painful. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'm ready to be done with this because the weather really yeah. gets painful. 
God's like, I'm going to make you guys be done with yeah. this. Like, like no. the <laughs> land will end and I'm going to make sure that you don't want more. Exactly. <laughs> it sucked the life out of you guys. So you guys got, so what was it like when you were the date, the moment you guys finished? Like, what was that feeling like? Uh, it's so multi-layered, so complex that I don't, I mean, I still have, I mean, it's been almost two years and I still don't know if I can put it to words. I mean, it's a bit sweet moment. You're not like really looking forward to it. The days before we were not like, yay, we're going to be done with this shit. It wasn't shit. It was, it was our life. It was just our daily life for, you know, so long that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it it was super emotional. Obviously it was like joy, you know, sadness crying that it's done it's over now but happy that so happy that we made it and yeah and we felt like we made it because of you know you lucked out that there wasn't an injury there wasn't weather there wasn't a fall there wasn't something that that stopped you because we knew we would do it but you just felt lucky that you had you were able to make this whole trip right you're able to make it the whole way and like you said, it was the most emotional day I think I've ever experienced. And still thinking about it, I tear up, like you said, like years later, because it's it's just this overpowering sense of just pure joy. You're just like, this this journey that we were able to do, we were able to do it together, we were able to experience it all together, we were able to get to this, this space. And we, we biked into Ushuaia, which is the southernmost um, town. It's where the ships leave to Antarctica and stuff. And so we biked there. And I remember coming to the sign, which is a sign there, and just being like laughing and crying and just taking it all in slowly. And then there was another 13 miles where you can, the road continues, but it goes into a national park. And then it literally just dead ends into the ocean. And uh, there's a sign there. And so we rode all the way to that end, that very, very end. And uh, because if you're going to start at the northernmost point uh, with a road, which is what we had chose to do, Brudeau Bay is the northernmost point uh, of Alaska with a road. We wanted to go to the most southern point. And so that's why we went there. And I feel like we just rode up on some National Geographic guys heading on to Antarctica who happened to be at the sign and they thought like we just rolled up from I don't know up the roads. They were like, "Hey, crazy you kids! Like, where did you you know you made it?" They gave us all these high fives, and we were like, "Yeah!" And they're like, "So where did you start?" And we were like, "Alaska," and they were like, "Wait, what?" what? <laughs> like, I could yeah. not fathom that we had actually just. And they said, "What? Like, like when 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 did you finish did this you trip?" Finish? And we're like, literally right, right now. now, this this second that you're. Wow. You know, we're just, we're just crying. Like and, and, just and, like, and then all yeah. of a sudden you got this like $30 million in photo equipment in front of you taking pictures. Taking tons and, you know, of pictures. Like, and, oh, they were actually part of National Geographic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were just hanging out and sightseeing before heading to Antarctica yeah. the next day. Wow. <laughs> Uh, or do they yeah. do their assignment? And we're, we blew their mind, so that says a lot. Again. Yeah, those are guys that see some crazy shit. You guys, yeah, I mean, without question. Oh, man. I always say this, like, the greatest part about doing my this show is, like, I just get to, like, learn so much, and this was such a cool talk. We had a question that came that I, that I saved for the end, so sorry, George. George <laughs> asked this question a while ago. 
So are you guys thinking about doing it from Europe to Asia? I mean, what's the next adventure for you guys? Oh, man. George. <laughs> man, yeah. 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 Is that it? Yeah. You gonna do are you gonna do what is it? Marco Polo's like like uh route? What's it the the spice the silk route? Silk route. Yeah. Silk route. I know a per I, I I saw a person do a TED talk on that where they wrote through yeah. like Iran and Afghanistan. Yeah. 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 Are you guys yeah. doing that? Yeah. yeah, it's in the plans. Um, so I'm I'm working on writing a book about this this journey right now. Nice. Unfortunately, and the state of the world, lucky for us, it helped to ground us a little bit. Yeah. So we're trying to just stay put for a hot minute so that I'm halfway done writing this book about this journey. And it should be done within the next, hopefully, six-ish six months. And then um, we will publish it. It's going to be on our, our website. Uh, WeLostTheMap.com is our website. Yeah. Log as we traveled, we have pictures and video and all that kind of stuff on there from our journeys. And um, so we're trying to finish this book first. That's something I, I decided that I won't be able to bike and write. So finishing the book first, and as soon as that's done, then the world is our oyster, right? Nice. So we'll just have our bucket list is long. Do you have a traditional publisher? Or are you guys, how are you guys doing that? Uh, so far, I'm working just on our own. I have an editor okay. who's going through everything in editing. And then um, we're going to, I have another editor who's going to do the final edit. And at the moment, we're going to self-publish, but if something changes along the way, we'll see. But at the moment, I'm just getting it done. Hey, you know that there's this guy on the other end of this that just wrote a book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. My book's, my book, like, it's two, three weeks from tomorrow is when it gets published. So we should take this offline, but I know a lot about writing a book and how to, like, do stuff with it. That's what I'm doing. All right. Awesome. We'll talk. Uh, we'll, we'll yeah, talk. We'll, yeah, we'll take it offline. But um, yeah. first of all, I, you know what's funny is, like, I've gotten to catch up with a bunch of people who I haven't talked to in a while. And it's, and, and I'm like, it's, this is cool because, you know, we're longtime friends and we haven't caught up in a while. It's been a couple of years at least. Um, it's been, wow. I think it was like it before, I haven't talked to you since before your trip. I don't think we, I think I talked yeah. to you right, like, probably like five years ago. So both of you guys. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. Like, so I got two kids, just in case you're one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do see them on the, so, the social media. I just got a dog about two weeks ago. It's my first dog, but um, oh boy, yeah. No, um, I live in Austin, Texas now, so lots changed for me. Yeah, uh, I'm Texan. I'm I'm about to fuck the electorate up here because I'm. Voting. Do you do you have Wranglers? No, 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 no. I'm. I, they're like we're, they say I speak Californian. Oh yeah, and I, yeah, I drop f bombs and say like radical and shit like that. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Um, Look, guys, um, what an awesome conversation. Thank you guys so much for sharing this with, with us. What yeah. a um, Thank you. Can I ask yeah. you guys one, one question, a, a, parting, a parting comment thought? So obviously you guys have lived an extraordinary life so far, and you're sucking the juice out of life. And so there's probably a lot of people that are going to watch this that are going to say like, I could never do that. And like, I didn't, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I just assumed because, because Kristen, you're such a hard worker, like, and, and really, I, we, I don't know you in this capacity. So I'm sure you are as well, obviously from what you're doing with, with all the, the, um, this, this effort you guys put, but I do know that you're kind of business savvy and 
Kristen was always like, you know, real estate person. So my assumption was always like, oh, you do a couple deals, make some money, and then you guys plan these fucking crazy trips and you guys have money on them. I had no idea that you guys were doing this on a shoestring budget, which is pretty fucking amazing. That that actually changes yeah. the way I thought about this. Um, so my question for you guys is, what advice would you give to people around how they should be, like, if if they want to, like, really have adventure in their life or, and obviously doing what you guys do is crazy. And most people aren't going to do that, but what, what's the small thing that people can do to really up the, up the adventure in their life. That's easy that you think people just don't even bother doing. I think it's the, uh, just taking the first, once you do it once, then it, it you realize how easy it is to do. Mm. Like once you leave and once you get out of that, that comfort zone and you do it, and you realize what a hype it was to stay in that comfort zone. And um, yeah, like I, I think I just want to give that example from our stories to everyone is that you don't, you don't, all these companies will want to try to sell you that you need all the best gear and all this, you need, and, and, and you need to train hard and you, you don't, you, you just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the gear. It's all, it's all mental. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we, after we did this, we've done a lot of volunteering and talking in schools and stuff since um, hoping to inspire some kids to do some cool stuff and not necessarily what we do, but just taking initiative and going and doing something. And I think that, like Vila said, the message is like, we had no experience. We didn't have the coolest gear. And hiking the PCT, all it really is, is walking. It's a big word for walking. And everybody can just put one foot in front, in front of the other, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, biking, like we had no experience, didn't have the gear, got the bikes a week before, mm-hmm. didn't try them out before going, went and did it, figured out how to change a tire, figured it out. And it's also just a lot of pedaling. Like there's nothing special about it at the end of the day. It's just, you know, pedaling forwards. And and unfortunately, both of these trips I've noticed like there's during and before these trips, there's a lot of people saying, hey, you can't do this. Have And, and they're really negative. And I feel like they're people that want to do it, but they don't they don't have the they don't have the cojones or they don't they don't some, some they don't just do it. And so they don't want you to do it either. So you're going to have to go over these people multiple times before and during. So that's a lot, another stepping stone that, you know, mm-hmm. might deter you from not doing is when the neighbor is saying, can you, oh, oh my God, you guys are going to die in Mexico. You're for sure going to die in Mexico when you're going to go bike through it. And, and you don't, and then you keep going and, and, and then there's going to be, oh, oh my God, you guys are going to die in El Salvador. Oh, and then you don't, and you just keep going. And it's just, but this is like the mental game that a lot of people have to also like, don't give up on those. Like just go see it yourself. If it, if, Oh, mm-hmm. Mexico is dangerous, then don't do it. Go yeah. back and, and start but small. See for yourself. Yeah. Start small. If you go, Hey, I'm going to hike that one mountain and I'm going to have never hiked, but I'm going to just spend a day. I'm going to go do an hour. I mean, that's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's all the time. Like, well, I don't do what you guys do, but, and I'm like, we don't compare ourselves to anybody. Yeah. We we like we just put one foot in front of the other. We just pedal on forwards, and just like everybody else, has to make that same call and that same decision in that day to do it. And you just kind of like, you know, start small. Age isn't age shouldn't factor. 
you know, money shouldn't factor. We didn't have any money. You figure it out. Like, you know, it comes to you and, and it'll be like the most incredible experience of your life. There's no other way to, you know what I mean? In a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. Any, any experience you take from any little to big trip will be the best thing you've ever done. Won't be regret. I love it, man. You guys are so inspirational. And I just feel like everything you just said is such an analogy for everything in life, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. and and my dad told me, my dad gave me some good advice when I was 16. He said, and he said it in in, with his heavy Persian accent, he says, Bubba, which means son, Bubba, never listen to somebody if they're not more successful than you are. And what I think he meant by that is like, dude, some guy tells you not to do, that you can't do it. I'm like, oh, did you try and fail? Like, they're just projecting their own insecurity on you you know? And so like, I, so when I was young, I didn't fully understand what that meant. And now what I've realized is I'm like, dude, no, like, even if they have done it, they, they aren't you. And, and they aren't doing it when you're doing it, how you're doing it. So like, if you want to do something, just go out there and do it. And like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You'll figure that out for yourself. You don't need nobody's like, most people live a life of quiet desperation. And so don't let the thoughts and the insecurities of other people shape what challenges or right. adventures you want to go on. Because to your to your guys' point, man, dude, life's an adventure. I mean, I'm the least adventurous person on earth when it comes to shit you're talking about. I do like business adventurous stuff. But, you know, like I have always taken that perspective, which is like, why would I listen to that person? Like there's no constraints in life. You just go do it. And like, right. like the only people that tell you you can't do it are people themselves that are never going to do it. So why would I yeah. listen to them? You know, I think we need to re restructure what we think failure is too, because failure isn't failure. If something fails, it's not necessarily failure. It's just a, a hurdle to climb over. Right. Like mm-hmm. fever could have been a failure, but it was just like something I had to push through and something we had to keep going. And his accident with the dog, it, yeah, it sucked, but just another hurdle. And so we should get used to failure because these failures are going to keep coming at us. Right. right. You're going to get blisters. You're going to have a terrible time on your first hike. You just got to like pony up and do it again and try again and keep going and learn from your past mistakes and, and keep going. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, I guess I could say from that. Well, the path is the win you guys. And you guys are like, like the path is the win and you guys are like living proof of that. So I'm so grateful to have you guys on the show and like, Glad I bugged you on social media, Kristen, to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you mean oh tell God. me we would do it or else? <laughs> yes. Did I say that? <laughs> I Something know. like that. Oh, oh, no. I, I tend, I tend, I tend to try to be very persuasive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Guys, so much gratitude. Thanks for having us. Thank oh you. my gosh, for having um, us. You guys, where can people find you again? Because I'm sure a lot of people who watch this are going to want to know where they can find you and keep up, keep tabs with you guys. Yeah. So our website is we lost the map.com. And I highly recommend that people sign up for the newsletter on there just because that's where I'm going to fire out a update as far as the book goes when it's coming. I don't have a way. I'm not even cool enough to figure out how I could sell that kind of information. So anything that comes in, it goes directly to me and me is going to write you and tell you about the book. Um, Instagram. Instagram, same handle. We lost the map. Yeah. So guys, oh sorry, go ahead. Really? No, I think yeah, that's and on Facebook, I guess it's we lost the map too, or Kristen Grund Yokinen. You can find me there too and add me. 
Okay, so my team will, I'll, I'll make sure my team puts that in the comments. So guys, follow them. Um, I'm telling you guys, I've gotten to watch two adventures on social media with them and on, and it's the, if you talk about if you're like, like grinding through like your desk job and you just want to be like an escape, nothing better than watching these two maniacs in the Andes. <laughs> <laughs> and just like one picture, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I love, I loved it. I'm so excited for your guys' next adventure. Yeah, we'll sign you up for the next one. Oh, maybe areas. I might be down for that. All right, I might be down for that. I might do a leg with you guys. Um, guys, uh, thank you so much. If you guys could stay on just for a second, but um, yeah. Um, everybody, dude, what a treat. I mean, my shows, by the way, usually run like 60, 60 minutes, but I milked ninety out of you guys. Um, <laughs> nice. I was like, uh, dude, I'm sorry. You guys, it'd be one thing if you just did like one of these requests, but you did two of them. So sorry. That's like, that's, that's just a lot. To a talk lot. About. Um, guys, uh, we got a big, big day tomorrow. A couple more shows, book launch is coming up three weeks from tomorrow. So, uh, please follow me at the real Darius M on Facebook where you can see, uh, and you can connect with, with these maniacs and many more. Um, or you could go to The Real Darius, my YouTube channel, subscribe, and you'll get the updates on each shows as they're coming out. Last but not least, uh, go to the website, therealdarius.com. Go in there, sign up. We're sending out newsletters. Uh, I don't spam. I only send valuable information. And my God, I love you guys. Thank you. What a great show. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. All right. Peace. We're out of here. <laughs> You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world, and we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from, and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. 
I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.